You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. Christine Hubbs, as the news lead here goes, was the all-American girl, beautiful, a Mormon, married to a dentist, three kids, looks much younger than her 42 years. Now, her nickname is The Hummer Mom. And you have two guesses. I'm going to give you two options here. You pick the thing that you think got her her nickname. Christine is nicknamed The Hummer Mom because she drives around her upscale suburban neighborhood in a big black Hummer. Or she's nicknamed the Hummer Mom because she was sleeping with 13 and 14-year-old boys, applying them with gifts and money, driving them around in her big black Hummer, and giving them, allegedly, little 13-year-old boy Hummers, also known as child rape. All right, you guys, take a guess. Which is it? She's called the Hummer Mom because of the car, or the Hummer Mom because she's banging 13-year-olds? Well, both. Originally... The nickname because she drove around her suburb in a big black Hummer. But now I think we're repurposing the nickname because she was raping 13 and 14-year-old boys. Allegedly, she's been brought up on charges. It's all very sad. Anyway, the Hummer mom, look her up. I know these two news stories are seemingly unrelated, but Bill McCollum is the attorney general in the state of Florida. He's also a GOP candidate for governor. And today he said in an interview – that he opposed ending Florida's ban on same-sex couples adopting children, which has already been declared unconstitutional by one court. And not only that, he advocates extending that ban to gay and lesbian couples serving as foster parents for some of the 20,000 kids who are currently waiting for foster care placements in the state of Florida. And here's how he put it. I really do not think that we should have homosexuals guiding our children. I think that it is a lifestyle that I don't agree with. I realize a lot of people do. It's my personal faith, religious faith, that I don't believe that people who do this should be raising our children. All right. Well, I won't raise your children, Bill. I'll just stick to raising mine, if you don't mind, you piece of shit motherfucker. But also, uh, you know – Heterosexuality isn't magic fairy dust that you just sprinkle heterosexual parents on a child and everything works out swell. Good parents are good parents, straight or gay. All the studies demonstrated, all the studies prove it. A recent study came out end of July, another one showing that kids raised by gay and lesbian parents is happy, healthy, sane, just as likely to be straight, that we're fine parents. And there's so many examples out there in the news constantly of really tragically terrible heterosexual parenting. I cite again, the Hummer mom, who has one child who's the same age as the boys she was allegedly banging. I'm not saying all straight people are unfit to parent, or, and that all straight Mormon moms married to dentists who live in the suburbs and drive Hummers around are a threat to our children. But enough of them are to make the news... On a regular basis. So, Bill McCollum, Attorney General of Florida, piece of shit, hateful douchebag, I suggest you Google the Hummer Mom. You know, this is the argument that religious right constantly makes when it comes to gay parents. 
that every child deserves a mother and a father. That's basically what McCollum is saying. And then hiding behind, oh, it's just my personal faith, my personal religious faith, says McCollum, that he would like to shove down everyone's throat by force of law, but you can't attack him on it because it's just his personal religious faith that he's going to impose on you and everyone else. Every child deserves good, fit, loving, capable, prepared parents who want to be parents. Straight ain't magic. You know what? Gay ain't magic either. We gay people, the one bit of magic we do have, we don't have children by accident. You can't get drunk and adopt one night. But every child does not deserve a mother and a father. A lot of children have been saddled with pretty lousy mothers and fathers. Every child deserves fit, capable, loving parents. Too bad for the Hummer moms, kids, that they didn't have one. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit AdamandEve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. This podcast is brought to you by Hump, the Pacific Northwest's only amateur porn festival, hosted by Dan Savage. Make porn, win big prizes. For more information on submitting your film, go to thestranger.com slash hump. Hi, Dan. This is Tony. Okay, so about a year ago, my parents found out that I was gay. Um, it was unfortunate because they found out by reading my text messages, and so it was a, it was a way that I didn't want them to find out. But it happened, and so um, it's done. Um, they didn't really handle it very so it's been about a year, and I know that's your golden rule for, um, you know, letting parents digest new information about their child's sexuality. But um, I'm still kind of at a crossroads about what I do next. Um, I'm not too financially invested in my parents. I'm pretty independent, but, I mean, do I, do I emotionally cut them off? Do I just stop talking to them? I mean, what? So your parents found out a year ago, and in that time, have you given them books, encouraged them to go to a PFLAG meeting, sick to some PFLAG moms on your mom, let them talk, talk, talk to you, and get it all out of their systems? What have you done in the year? Nothing. I've been completely unproductive on that front. I kind of, um, it's kind of, kind of my fault. I avoid talking about it. Do they, do they initiate conversations about it and you shut them down? No, um... Is everyone just dancing <laughs> like, around the issue? Everyone dances around the issue. Like just the other day at the Cheesecake Factory, like um, uh, we were that's, talking. Actually, that's that. wait, wait, wait. That's my favorite sentence in the entire English language. Just the other day at the Cheesecake Factory. I think <laughs> well, that should be the first line in every novel that's published in America for a, a whole year. A, just to see if people example. can do it. Just the other day at the Cheesecake Factory. Okay, go. Okay, just the other day at the Cheesecake Factory, we were, I was talking to my parents about um, meeting people, and uh, and I was, th- I was talking about rejection, and uh, my mom just asked me the other day, was well, that why you, you know, the way you are, because you're afraid of being rejected? And I kind of just, like, I kind of said, I'm, <laughs> oh my God, I don't know what you're talking about. That's fucking hilarious. Because straight men never get rejected. Yeah. Or fear of rejection by women makes you suck dick. In which case, all men would be sucking dick because all men fear rejection from women, and, and straight guys are likely to have experienced rejection at the hand of women. It's amazing there's any straight guys left, Mom. That's what you needed to say. But clearly, I mean, the, the point of that year is, as I've said, before you cut off all contact and leverage, use the leverage that you have with your parents as an adult child, which is your presence in their lives, and make that conditional upon them 
fucking treating you like a human being. Mm-hmm. You have to answer every stupid question. You have to have the conversations so that they can grow a little bit. And it doesn't, you know, what did you say when your mom said that? Did you engage on the issue? I actually said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but you did know what she's talking about. Yes. And you had a moment to educate your mom and you let it pass. Yes, I did. Because you're not comfortable discussing your sexuality with your parents. Right. In which case you should avoid conversations about, you know, even in the abstract uh, with genderless pronouns and references to being rejected by people as opposed to people with penises. I think what you need to do is get them some books, get to a PFLAG meeting, and sit down with, if you have an easier time talking to your mom, your mom, or your dad, sit down with your dad, or both, if you're equally comfortable, sit down with both of them, and just have a ask me anything session. Oh, I never thought of that. And, And talk at great length about your sexuality and how you've experienced it. Go at them with some science, Google it, about the what we now know about the origins of homosexuality. They didn't do anything wrong. It's not because you rejected. Nobody dropped you on your head. You weren't molested into it. Blah, blah, blah. And then the clock. Start running the year clock now. Give them a year from now to say offensive, stupid things. And you have to regard those offensive, stupid things that they may say, like the shit your mom said at the Cheesecake Factory the other day. Uh-huh. as really kind of pathetic, sad, desperate attempts by your parents to reach out. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes say it in the wrong way. And you need to be the indulgent, understanding parent, just like they were for you when you were five and had tantrums and said, I hate you, and they said, we love you anyway, we love you still, you don't mean it. You need to let them say things out of ignorance, not malice, and hold their hands and then if in a year they're still being douchebag idiots assholes, say, I will not be coming home for Christmas so long as this bullshit continues. Yeah, I was just wondering. Uh, but yeah, that's true. I wasn't really productive in trying to help them, you know, sort of understand things that are going on. Um, you know, I've, I've actually done a lot of growing up. I was kind of forced out of the closet. Uh, my parents found out that I was gay while, like, browsing through my cell phone. And so, um, you know, it, it just goes... You know, and this entire year I've spent growing up, and they've seen that, um, but I really haven't done anything. In fact, you know, I rarely ever call them. <laughs> well, then you're to blame for the estrangement. That's probably true. And sometimes I see gay people avoid necessary conversations, or perhaps awkward conversations with their parents because they, that person, the gay person, has hang-ups, and then they want to blame their estrangement on their parents' feelings about their homosexuality, when actually the estrangement is because they've allowed their relationship with their parents to wither because they're too cowardly to have a conversation with their parents about sex that they need to have, and sexuality, and their own sexuality. Go see mom and dad. Talk it all out. Come out to them again. You know what you should do? You know what would be really funny? Go see them, sit them down, and say, Mom, Dad, there's something I need to tell you. And say, I'm gay. And then they'll go, what? We know. And go, yeah, but we're going to do start this whole coming out process over again. Because you found out in a bullshit way, and we haven't dealt with it in, an, in the way we need to deal with it since. So let's start fresh. Mom, Dad, I'm gay. Ask me anything. Let's talk. And go from there. Oh, okay. I, I really appreciate that input. Okay. I, I, was thinking, I was thinking that that was the case. Um, 
Well, go but do what I'm you, glad you told me. <laughs> go do what you know that you need to do. Okay. Go come right. out. Go well, come out to your parents. All right. At the Cheesecake okay. Factory. Oh my God, you'd be so mad. I had a big burger. <laughs> I eat big burgers. Yeah, but I rarely ever work out. Oh well, you need to go to the Cheesecake Factory <laughs> and then the gym. <laughs> okay, I'll be sure to do that. Okay, bye. Hi, Dan. Uh, I'm 23, and I live in uh, the Northeast of the United States. Uh, I recently just, I have a question about uh, coming out at work. I just recently uh, switched jobs, and I worked with, it was kind of like a construction-type job that I worked, but uh, I was completely open with everyone. I'm completely out of the closet. Everyone knows. I mean, there's no real, I don't really hide it from anyone, but I just moved to an office-type position, and I don't really know the etiquette as far as coming out at work there. Uh, the guys that I work with are pretty keen on, like, you know, we all we work in an office setting, so we share our lives with each other from day to day or whatever. And, uh, I mean, I don't really set off typical alarms, I think, that people would make me think I'm gay, but, I mean, I'm completely out to everyone. Um I mean, I wouldn't care if they knew, but uh, I'm just not really sure, like, how it would come up in conversation or what would be the right thing to say. Uh, plus, they're also, I know they're Republicans as well, which kind of, you know, makes me paranoid about saying anything to them about it because, I, you know, I don't know what they would think or I've kind of become friends with them now. So uh, just asking for some advice on that. Your homosexuality comes up in conversation probably about as often, and there are as many opportunities as there are for their heterosexuality, for your coworkers' heterosexuality, tees, to come up in conversation. When they mention going away with the wife, going away with the girlfriend, going to the movies, hanging out, when they just mention the existence of a partner, they have come out to you needlessly because heterosexuality is the default and assumed sexual orientation, but they've come out to you as heterosexual. You just have to take the first opportunity to do the same, to just be as honest and open and have as much integrity about your sexuality as they effortlessly have about their own. And treat it as the matter-of-fact, not-big-news issue that it is. As for their republicanism, Ted Olson, the lead attorney in the Prop 8 case in California, arch-conservative, Bush administration appointee argued Bush v. Gore to the Supreme Court and fucking won. Hugely articulate uh, supporter of same-sex marriage and gay rights. One of the Fox News interchangeable blondes came out uh, in a big op-ed this week backing uh, marriage equality and gay rights and warning conservatives that they were on the wrong side of history again on a civil rights issue. And they don't want to do that again, but they are on gay rights, on immigration because they are that stupid and vile. But not your coworkers. I'm sure your coworkers are lovely, progressive people in the Ted Olson mold. It is a little risky. It is a little dangerous. You know, you may feel economically vulnerable at work. It's a new job. You don't want to lose it, particularly in this economy. I would encourage you to risk it, to risk trusting them, particularly now that you've established friendships with them, because that's what changes people's attitudes when they go from not knowing any gay people and just being full of hostility and assumptions to a family member or a coworker or a child coming out and then realizing that they have to revisit their prejudices if your coworkers are prejudiced. And let's give them the benefit of the doubt and assume they're not and treat them like they're not. But if they are, 
That's what changes people. So you have this opportunity to live with integrity, A, and B, to make the world a bit better place for yourself, but also uh, all the gays and lesbians coming after you by changing the hearts and minds of your coworkers if they need changing. And let's, uh, again, give them the benefit of the doubt and assume they don't. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan. My name is Hannah, and I'm an 18-year-old girl from Alaska. Um, I'm calling you in regards of my boyfriend. Um, he's 18, too. We've been together um, for 19 months, only guy I've ever dated in high school. And um, he, we have a problem. He's very loving, but when we get drunk together, he likes to go after guys. And I wouldn't have a problem with that. I actually think it's kind of funny because they're usually most of our guy friends that we hang out with. They kind of get a little bit creeped out by it. He starts, you know, grabbing on them, dancing with them. He's started kissing them sometimes, which they don't really like. And the next day he always acts really funny and he doesn't want to talk to me about it. And I ask him, you know, is there, are you gay? That's fine. If you are, you know, just tell me. And he honestly always says that he doesn't think he is, but when he's drunk, he definitely acts gay. He's definitely interested in men. I'm standing right there, and he'll go after a guy. I realize you're only 18, but what's it going to take? You're going to have to walk in and find your boyfriend with Elton John's dick in his mouth to realize that he's gay in vino veritas, as they say, as they've been saying for millennia. Alcohol lowers people's inhibitions. When he is disinhibited, he is going after what he really wants, what he won't let himself go after when he's not disinhibited, when he's not drunk, and what he wants is dudes. Maybe he's bi. Doubt it. But maybe he's bi. At the very least, you should be able to extract that kind of confession from him. As for everything else you described, cliches. Gets drunk, straight identified, gets drunk, chases boys, kisses boys, gropes boys, the next day is full of shame and remorse about having exposed himself and denies he's gay. He doesn't think he's gay, which is code for I don't want you to think I'm gay. I know I'm gay. I don't want to be publicly identified as gay. What he's doing here by setting up his life like this is really incentivizing alcoholism because it is only under the influence that he can be who he knows he is and go and try to get what he knows he wants. So what you're signing up for if you stay with this mess is a boyfriend who perhaps is cheating on you with men uh, at worst, I guess. At best, a boyfriend who's, who's hammered all the fucking time. It's really sad. You know, there's high incidences of alcoholism and alcohol abuse and drug abuse in the gay community because there's, I think, so many young gays and lesbians who are so saddled with shame and can't come out begin to identify being drunk, being high, being fucked up with being free because that's the condition that they're in uh, when they're free at that age. You, you need to run in the other direction. You need to tell them, look, you're a fag. Here's a book. Give them a book or two. Send them to a website. Send them to a PFLAG meeting. 
and say, you are a fag, and I am your friend, not your girlfriend, and I will be there for you, but we aren't dating anymore for reasons that are obvious to everyone and should be obvious to you too, sweetie. Hey, Dan. I'm a 21-year-old gay man, and I was wondering if there really is such a thing as nymphomania. I uh, looked at Wikipedia. It told me that it's now more commonly referred to as hypersexuality and that it's listed in the American Psychiatric Association's DSM. Uh, that's, I think, the diagnostic something, something manual for all the psychs and shrinks in the country. Um, but I know that that manual is filled with all kinds of bullshit. And so I wanted to ask you if you think hypersexuality really exists. As a 21-year-old male, I, I have a lot of sex, and I'm sure it's mostly due to my hormones and being somewhere near my sexual peak. But there have been a few times when my extreme horniness has gotten me into some pretty sticky situations. I've done sex work on and off since I was about 18, and after almost being arrested by an Atlanta police officer for having sex in a vehicle parked on a street, and after meeting strange men and all sorts of strange and possibly dangerous places, one of my really good friends suggested that I might be a nymphomaniac, or I guess a hypersexual. I'm pretty sure that my sex drive is healthy, and I've been much smarter about lifting my luggage since I was a young, dumb 18-year-old. But is there really such a thing as, as hypersexuality or having too much of a sex drive? Don't believe in nymphomania. Don't believe in sex addiction. Do believe uh, that men have sex drives. So do women. And that uh, people can fuck themselves to death. People can fuck too much. It's possible to have too much sex, possible to put too many dicks in your mouth. And people can become compulsive about their sexual activity, particularly gay people. It seemed to be a theme emerging on this, uh, this week's show. It's hard to get women to go to bed with you, generally, unless you're Donald Trump. So there's a check on the heterosexual male's tendency towards piggishness, and it's called the difficulty of getting a woman to fuck you. For gay dudes, the bar is set much lower because men are pigs. Every excess in the gay community that straights peering over the fence attribute to the way gays are are really about the ways men are. And straight men would behave exactly as gay men behave if straight men could, but they can't because women won't play along. So the trick for you as a young gay man, particularly if you're Young and smart and hot and whatever and uh, you have a really super high sex drive is to realize that you have to impose on yourself the check that straight men have imposed on them. You need an internal check. They have an external check. You need an internal check. You need to say before you fuck somebody, is this wise? Is this smart? Is this what I really want to do? Is sex causing more problems in my life than it is bringing pleasures to my life? And if the answer is, yes, yeah, sex is causing me more trouble than providing me with pleasure or intimacy or connections, you need to rein it in, pull back, and be in charge of and in control of your sex life, your sexual expression. And you need to look at your dick and say, what am I leveraging into my life with this thing in my pants when it's hard? Am I leveraging in chaos and a police record and sexually transmitted infections I may not want you to acquire and the kind of 
out-of-control promiscuous sexual activity that leaves someone feeling as if they are incapable of intimacy or that they actually, you know, for all the intimate contact they have with a thousand people, they feel like they actually have no intimacy in their lives. If that's what you're leveraging into your life with your dick, you need to look at your dick and figure out if you can't leverage some other shit into your life with your dick. And you can. Your dick is not your enemy. Your dick can be a force, a lever for good in your life. You can leverage things into your life that you want and need and that will make you happy, including a certain amount of fucking around and having fun with it. I'm not suggesting that all gay people or all straight people or any people need to only, you know, haul out their genitalia when they want to fuck somebody they want to be with for the rest of their lives. That is absolutely not true. But you know if your dick is causing you more pain than it's bringing you pleasure. And that's when you need to step back and reassess. And it sounds like you're already there. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a 15-year-old gay guy living in rural Kentucky. Um, I'm I'm kind of trapped here, and it, it's horrible. I I there aren't any there aren't any guys to date, and you know, I, I I tried to get on Grinder and hook up, and the the closest guy is an hour away, and you know, I I don't ever get a chance to get out of here. I hardly ever get to leave my tiny neighborhood in the woods, and I, I don't know what to do. I I don't have any contact with anybody. The people here, you know, as you would expect, hate gay people, you know. I'm out to my family, and uh, they seem okay with it, but I'm just so alone, and I I feel like I'm going to lose my mind if uh, I stay here. And I, I can't get out. It'll be years before... I ever get out and you know a lot of my friends stopped talking to me after I came out to them I only have like one good friend left and I just need some guidance I don't I don't feel like I have anybody and I'm just scared and I I need some help and you're the only person I know to ask this is the worst it's going to be this is as bad as it gets and I'm sorry, and the pain in your voice is so heartbreaking. But just remind yourself that this is the bottom, the nadir, that it's only up from here. But it's going to take a couple of years, few years to turn this around. You need to lean on your friend, and you need to plan the friend that you have, the one who didn't abandon you, your true friend, and lean on your family and you need to plan your escape because you're going to get the fuck out of Kentucky. You're going to get the fuck out of that intolerant small town. You're really going to have uh, an interesting, terrific life in part because the boring bullshit small town, the woods where you live, they're casting you out. Painful now. One day, though, you will look back and think, thank God. You'll look at what you were cast out of and realize that these people – who made you feel like you had to leave, unbeknownst to them, we're doing you a kind of a favor because you are going to have a better and more interesting and more varied 
life and be exposed to more places and different kinds of people than these small town rural bigots ever will be. Their lives are over really at high school. Your life when high school is over will just be beginning. And that sucks and I know it sucks and it's hard and you're lonely and alone. There are online resources out there. If you're listening to the podcast, obviously you have access to the internet. I would go to Youth Resource, a website by and for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and questioning young people. There's a long list on their resource page of other organizations online with an online presence for gay teenagers. Also, there's tons of great advice at Scarlet Teen which is not a gay-specific website but is a gay-inclusive, gay-integrated website with tons of great tools and resources and info and support for teenagers, gay or straight. My final bit of advice for you would be to go to your parents, your supportive parents, your supportive family, and really lay out how unhappy you are and see if there aren't some things that could be done. I do know of some families with gay teenagers that moved to places that were more tolerant, to places with support for gay teenagers and their families. You know, if you guys live 50 miles from a big, from a nice college town where there are gay people and it's more diverse and tolerant, your family might be willing to move there if possible. If not, do you have relatives, uncles, cousins, aunts who live in cities who live in more better places where perhaps you could spend a month in the summer with your crazy uncle or crazy aunt who lives in San Francisco or lives somewhere where you can get a taste of where <laughs> get a taste where you get a taste of what's coming for you. you get a taste of the life that you will be able to leave once you get the fuck out of Kentucky Dodge. As for looking for guys to hook up with on Grinder and other places, you know, be careful. Don't let your limited options convince you to sleep with whoever will sleep with you. Stay away from truck stops and Catholic priests and online hookup sites for now. You are only 15. Any adult gay man who would or will hook up with a 15-year-old is no one that you as a 15-year-old should trust with your ass or anything else. They are suspect self-selected class of suspect dudes not that there aren't some perfectly nice guys out there who've banged teenagers but it's really hard for a teenager to tell the nice ones from the piece of shit user asshole scumbags so just stay the fuck away from them that's frustrating to hear i know because you're 15 years old you want a boyfriend you want to get laid and my advice always to 15 year olds gay and straight is worry less about getting your 15 year old self laid and worry more about getting your 20 year old self laid masturbate a lot vary your routine so that once you start trying to use your dick on somebody else you're not so reliant on one certain style of sensation that you can't come from some other style of sensation join a gym get yourself the kind of body that some people want to see read a lot of fucking books be informed about the world pay attention to your personal hygiene it's usually the advice for straight boys, not so much for gay boys. Gay boys usually don't have that problem, but I'll just toss it out there, an equal opportunity. And remind yourself that your plight as the single, lonely, isolated, gay 15-year-old is not uncommon. Most of us experience that. Most straight people feel a little lonely at 15. Most straight boys can't get laid at 15. Most straight girls can't get laid at 15, shouldn't get laid at 15. 
And while you masturbate and vary your routine and lean on your friend, go to your family for the love and support that they can give you and be open with them even about how unhappy you are, where you are. Keep your eye on the primes that you are focused not on your current misery. While you masturbate, read, ride your bike, do whatever it is that makes you happy. You are focused on your escape plan. You're focused on getting into the college you want to get into, in the city where you want to come out, into a community of supportive straight people and potential gay dates and lesbians you can run with. And work toward that goal. Your situation will feel less hopeless and you will feel less isolated if every day you're working toward that goal. I wish I could snap my fingers and make it all better for you and pick up your parents' house like the tornado and the Wizard of Oz and drop it into a place like Madison, Wisconsin, or Chicago, or Seattle, or Portland, a place where you'd still be unhappy. You're 15 years old. You're supposed to be a little unhappy, but you'd have more folks around. But I can't do that. And finally, remind yourself again that this is the worst it's going to be. This is as miserable and alone as you're ever going to be. And things will get better. Don't do the, Don't make that mistake. I made this mistake of viewing a boyfriend as the solution to all your problems. That you just need a lover. That you just need a man on Grinder or somewhere else to pay attention to you, to hook up with. And then... Everything will be hunky-dory, peachy swell. Boyfriends and dating, they're not the solution to all of your problems. They're the beginning of a whole new set of problems. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you're probably aware of that. I hope you're at least aware of that. My heart goes out to you. I'm sure everyone's listening right now. Their hearts go out to you. It'll get better. And you should work every day to make sure that it's getting better. Hey, Dan, it's Savage. Well, my boy, my boyfriend just kind of commented that he doesn't like the way my cum tastes. So, I don't know, is that like a, a major thing I should worry about? Like, I, you know, I'm a, I give him a versatile bottom, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll suck him off anytime he wants, just that he won't really suck me off whenever he wants to. I kind of have to push him to do it. I'm guessing because I guess he doesn't like my, the taste of my cum. So, is there a way I can like make my cum taste better? Something I can do? I can take off something off my diet or something? Just not eat something? Everything that comes out of you is made up of the shit that goes into you. Do you drink nothing but alcohol and coffee and Coca-Cola and eat nothing but garbage junk food? Never drink any fresh water, fruit juice, don't have a balanced diet, don't eat any vegetables. All of your excreta are going to taste like shit-ta. Your spit will taste bad. Your sweat will taste bad. Your ass will taste bad. Your pee will taste bad. Your cum will taste bad. But you can do everything right. You can drink apple juice and pineapple juice and water and have a balanced diet and stay away from the fucking junk food and Coca-Cola. And your cum is still going to taste like cum. You may be doing nothing wrong and your cum is still going to taste the way it tastes. People always ask you, oh, if I drink pineapple juice, my cum taste like vanilla frosting. No, it won't. It's going to taste like cum. And cum is an acquired taste. And I believe that your boyfriend has a responsibility to acquire it. Particularly where your cum is concerned. If 
you're holding up your end of the bargain, which is not packing your body full of foul-smelling shit that transforms everything that's coming out of your body into foul-smelling shit. Some people, of course, claim some cumphobes, some people who haven't bothered to acquire the taste, will shift blame, shift responsibility, will say to their partner, I don't like the way your cum tastes. And what they're saying is I just don't like the way cum tastes and I'm not willing to do the work to acquire that taste. And you just have to remind that person that they didn't like how beer tasted the first time they had it. But they kept at it. We keep at it with beer, right? We make the effort because beer's worth it. Well, he should make the effort for you to acquire a taste for that because you are worth it. Hi, Dan. I am an 18-year-old gay male um, from Jacksonville, North Carolina, and I had a question. Um, I seem to be the straight, um, I guess, therapist in our town, me being gay, all the straight people want to ask me relationship advice. And being from Jacksonville, North Carolina, there's not a lot of gay men out here. So I don't have a relationship. And, you know, I'm in, like, there's this one guy, um, he's a wrestler that I'm really interested in, and we became really good friends. And, you know, and we had, we had you know, we were good friends in high school, like, for one, my senior year in high school. And, you know, and I would, um, like, officially, like, I started liking him a lot. Well, he, you know, he didn't do the typical stuff that a straight guy would do. You know, he called me, like, 2 a.m. sometimes because he was depressed and he couldn't figure out he needed someone to talk to. And sometimes he would just call me over to his house to sit in my car and talk, you know, about his ex-girlfriend. It's always about his ex-girlfriend. Or, you know, he would always, you know, ask me, can you hook me up with somebody? And, you know, I really like him a lot. And I, I want to tell him because I'm moving and I feel like I'm never, I'll regret never telling him that I like him and I find him attractive, but I just feel like I would get punched in the face. And I want to know what should I do, you know, or should I just leave as is? It never hurts to tell someone that you're into that you're into them, except when it does. If you think that this kid has no idea that you are gay and into him, and might react violently to that news, I would encourage you to keep it to yourself. Out of simple self-preservation. You say you're 18, you're moving soon. Hopefully, like my advice to the earlier 15-year-old caller, you're moving to a big city or college town with a large, diverse, tolerant community, including many homos for you to hang out with, run with, date. And so you don't need this guy. You're on the verge of having access to more folks, more people, more potential partners, sex and relationship partners, both. And so there's no reason for you to risk a punch in the face or worse at the hands of some panicky small town dude who may or may not be gay but clearly isn't out. Otherwise, he wouldn't be complaining to you about his girlfriend. So you also keep your eye on the prize, which is the place you're going and the people you'll meet there and – uh Leave the straight identified dude alone. I'm calling in regards to the young woman in episode 196 who needed some help in learning how to masturbate because of her oppressive former lady friend. Um, there's a there's a website I really like called beautifulagony.com in which normal male-bodied and female-bodied people 
uh, send in videos of themselves with a still camera focused on their face while they get off. And afterwards, there's an interview where they talk about their preferences and techniques and fantasies and what generally does it for them while they're getting themselves off. I, um, I think this young lady would really like it and lots of other people would too. Uh, because it's really hot, but it also helps unpack a lot of sex-negative bullshit um, and helps help me really learn to enjoy my body. I grew up in, like, a really Catholic, oppressive environment in which I was afraid to masturbate, and this website really helped me get to know my body and get to know that sex is and masturbation is totally normal and healthy. Um, so, anyway, beautifulagony.com. Hi, Dan. I'm a uh, 20-year-old bisexual woman from Northampton, Massachusetts, and I'm calling about uh, a caller that you had on your show last week. Uh, she was a woman who said that uh, she had been in a relationship with women and identified as a lesbian and now felt that she was uh, more of the hetero persuasion. Having been through the same thing myself, it's true. A lot of people, a lot of women go through it, and as you said, you know, uh, fluidity is different for women, so I just thought that anybody else out there is thinking about this, rather than harassing you with the same question, they could read Lisa Diamond's book, Sexual Fluidity, Understanding Women's Love and Desire. Uh, it's about a longitudinal study that uh, uh, Diamond did on women's sexual identities and behaviors, and actually she found that something like 30% of the lesbian-identified women over the course of the 10-year study fell in love with a man. Not just, you know, made out at a club or had a fling, but like legitimately fell in love with a man. And that for me was really freeing as, uh, I guess, an being. So again, that's Lisa Diamond's uh, sexual fluidity, understanding words and desire. And hopefully it'll answer any further questions that ex-lesbians have about fluidity and things like that. Hi, this is for, I think, the last podcast, July 27th. This is to the woman who, the teacher who called up asking if it would be okay to have sex with a former student. And I just want to say, please don't do it. Don't do it. Don't even talk to the student or meet with him anywhere. Just totally end contact. Please do not do this. It's going to ruin your life. If it doesn't come back to haunt you, you're going to be wondering if it does. People are so fanatic about that type of dynamic, even though this is a student's overage and he's a former student, you could still be fired or punished or your reputation could be ruined in the community. And it's, none of it's worth it. Go to a college bar and hit on some 19-year-olds and... You know, I guarantee you, you'll get some ass. So please don't do it. You'll just, it'll ruin your life and you will regret it. And we're going to leave it there. Thanks so much for your calls, everybody. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a call, question, or comment for a future show, give us a buzz. 206-201-2720. You download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com where you can read the Savage Love Letter of the Day, or better yet, you can go to the iTunes store and purchase the Savage Love app and get the Savage Love Letter of the Day delivered directly to your phone and listen to the podcast and everything else. And of course, you read me every week in the print edition of Savage Love, the column that started the Empire. 
in alternative free weekly newspapers all over North America, Canada, United States, including the Phoenix New Times in Phoenix, Arizona. 206-201-2720. That's the number. Me and the tech savvy at-risk youth. We'll be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for downloading.